0: Hello, welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rizak. This is the show that gives you insights and resources in how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. Hello, listeners. Today, I have a new format called Firestarters for Men, I will be doing these from time to time when I have a story to share or I want to speak directly to you or we aren't interviewing a guest or doing the Warrior Dog Council. I'm committed to getting out a high-quality show every Tuesday, and this will allow me to offer you something even if we don't have our normal format teed up. And these fire starters for men will tend to be shorter, probably in the 8 to 15-minute range. It will allow me to flow with what is happening in life but not drop a Tuesday upload of Basecamp for Men. So I hope you enjoy them. This week's Firestarters for Men is on compassion, and I have a story to share with you from the late American Aikido master, Terry Dobson. It's titled, Aikido, a story with a lesson. Enjoy. The train clanked and rattled through the suburbs of Tokyo on a drowsy spring afternoon. Our car was comparatively empty, a few housewives with their kids in tow, some old folks going shopping. I gazed absently at the drab houses and dusty hedgerows. At one station, the doors opened, and suddenly the afternoon quiet was shattered by a man bellowing violent, incomprehensible curses. The man staggered into our car. He wore laborer's clothing, and he was big, drunk, and dirty. Screaming, he swung at a woman holding a baby. The blow sent her spinning into the laps of an elderly couple. It was a miracle that they were unharmed. Terrified, the couple jumped up and scrambled towards the other end of the car. The laborer aimed a kick at the retreating back of the old woman but missed as she scuttled to safety. This so enraged the drunk that he grabbed the metal pole in the center of the car and tried to wrench it out of its stanchion. I could see that one of his hands was cut and bleeding. The train lurched ahead, the passengers frozen with fear. I stood up. I was young then, some 20 years ago, and in pretty good shape. I'd been putting in a solid eight hours of Aikido training nearly every day for the past three years. And I like to throw and grapple. I thought I was tough. The trouble was, my martial art was untested in actual combat. As students of Aikido, we were not allowed to fight. Aikido, my teacher said again and again, is the art of reconciliation. Whoever has the mind to fight has broken his connection with the universe. If you try to dominate people, you are already defeated. We study how to resolve conflict, not how to start it. I listened to his words. I tried hard. I even went so far as to cross the street to avoid the chimpera, the pinball punks who lounged around the train stations. My forbearance exalted me. I felt both tough and holy. In my heart, however, I wanted an absolute legitimate opportunity whereby I might save the innocent by destroying the guilty. This is it, I said to myself, getting to my feet. People are in danger and if I don't do something fast, they will probably get hurt. Seeing me stand up, The drunk recognized a chance to focus his rage. Aha, he roared, a foreigner. You need a lesson in Japanese manners. I held on lightly to the commuter strap overhead and gave him a slow look of disgust and dismissal. I planned to take this turkey apart, but he had to make the first move. I wanted him mad, so I pursed my lips and blew him an insolent kiss. All right, he hollered, you're gonna get a lesson. He gathered himself for a rush at me. A split second before he could move, someone shouted, Hey! It was ear-splitting. I remember the strangely joyous, lilting quality of it, as though you and a friend had been searching diligently for something and suddenly stumbled upon it. Hey! I wheeled to my left, the drunk spun to his right. We both stared down at a little old Japanese man. He must have been well into his 70s, this tiny gentleman, sitting there immaculate in his kimono. He took no notice of me, but beamed delightedly at the laborer, as though he had the most important, most welcome secret to share. Come here, the old man said in an easy vernacular, beckoning to the drunk. Come here and talk with me. He waved his hand lightly. The big man followed as if on a string. He planted his feet belligerently in front of the old gentleman and roared above the clacking wheels. Why the hell should I talk to you? The drunk now had his back to me, if his elbow moved as much as one millimeter, I'd drop him in his socks. The old man continued to beam at the laborer. What you been drinking, he asked, his eyes sparkling with interest. I have been drinking sake, the laborer bellowed back, and it's none of your business. Flecks of spittle spattered the old man. Oh, that's wonderful, the old man said, absolutely wonderful. You see, I love sake too. Every night, me and my wife, she's 76, you know, We warm up a little bottle of sake and take it out into the garden. And we sit on an old wooden bench. We watch the sun go down and we look to see how our persimmon tree is doing. My great-grandfather planted that tree and we worry about whether it will recover from those ice storms we had last winter. Our tree had done better than expected, though especially when you consider the poor quality of the soil. It is gratifying to watch when we take our sake and go out into the evening, even when it rains. He looked up at the laborer, eyes twinkling. As he struggled to follow the old man's conversation, the drunk's face began to soften. His fists slowly unclenched. Yeah, he said, I love Persimmon's too, his voice trailed off. Yes, said the old man, smiling, and I'm sure you have a wonderful wife. No, replied the laborer, my wife died. Very gently, swaying with the motion of the train, the big man began to sob. I got no wife, I got no home, I got no job. I am so ashamed of myself. Tears rolled down his cheeks. A spasm of despair rippled through his body. Now it was my turn. Standing there in well-scrubbed youthful innocence, my make-this-world-safe-for-democracy righteousness, I had suddenly felt dirtier than he was. Then the train arrived at my stop. As the doors opened, I heard the old man cluck sympathetically. My, my, he said. That is a difficult predicament indeed. Sit down here and tell me about it. I turned my head for one last look. The laborer was sprawled on the seat, his head in the old man's lap. The old man was softly stroking the filthy, matted hair. As the train pulled away, I sat down on a bench. What I had wanted to do with muscle had been accomplished with kind words. I had just seen Aikido tried in combat, and the essence of it was love. I would have to practice the art with an entirely different spirit. It would be a long time before I could speak about the resolution of conflict. I hope you enjoyed the story by Terry Dobson. It is a story that has been told and read over and over again. How often have I jumped to conclusions about someone based on their looks or their behavior, only to find out that I was wrong from the very beginning? I remember reading once that each soul you meet is in an epic battle and that we cannot really know the reasons why our fellow travelers behave or look the way they do. We are all learning and growing, so let's be gentle with one another and gentle with ourselves. I will leave you with a piece from Pema Chodron, the great Western Buddhist teacher. She writes, Our personal attempts to live humanely in this world are never wasted. Choosing to cultivate love rather than anger just might be what it takes to save the planet from extinction. What is it that allows our goodwill to expand and our prejudice and anger to decrease? This is a significant question. Traditionally, it is said that the root of aggression and suffering is ignorance. But what is it that we are ignoring? Entrenched in the tunnel vision of our personal concerns, what we ignore is our kinship with others. One reason we train as warrior bodhisattvas is to recognize our interconnectedness, to grow in understanding that when we harm another, we are harming ourselves. So we train in recognizing our uptightness. We train in seeing that others are not so different from ourselves. We train in opening our hearts and minds in increasingly difficult situations. Give that a try, my good listeners, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Basecamp for Men.